0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to a Friday edition of Back Your Play with Q. As always, I'm your host, Rich Canunas. Check us out on social media, IG, Twitter, at Rich q q the YouTube channel. You guys have been Amazing with the engagement, the subscribers, uh, whether you agree or disagree, and a lot of you don't, and that's okay. But on a Friday, we get the smiling, ready to go, our good friend from uh, Nothing But Locks podcast, uh, one of the co hosts, does a great job, Ali Monicki. And uh, she's kind enough to join us on a, we'll call it a football Friday, even though we have the uh, big game, the Super Bowl next week. Uh, but a lot to talk about, uh, mm-hmm. my friend. So let's get into conference championships. Um, from a betting standpoint, you kind of have to sit back with that San Francisco and that Philadelphia Eagles game. And you say to yourself, all right, do I hedge? Do I do some inline or do I just kind of sit back, have a couple cold ones and just chalk it up as an L.
1: Yeah. That one was obviously at the Niners money line, obviously once Brock Purdy went down, you saw how bad Josh Johnson was. There was no coming back from that. I did have the under in the game, so I didn't hedge any bets because I was riding on that. I did lose on the AJ Brown over. I bet is over for the, um, receiving yard. So I didn't hit that. Uh, It was just, it was so bad to watch that game because being a New York Giants fan, the last thing you want to see is the Eagles win easily. And when the Niners are playing the whole second half without a functioning quarterback, they win, they won that game easily. So what are you going to do? It was a disgrace to see the empire state building lit up in green. That just made my blood boil, but.
0: You know, know, real quick on that, like that stuff, I guess I'm so, it doesn't even bother me anymore. Uh, I think, like, ultimately, it just does because you know how social media is right now. If there's no social media, nobody knows that, right? Sure. Back in the day, were they going to take a Polaroid and scan it and try to put it somewhere? Well, I mean, th- that kind of stuff is, like, goofy. But to your point on that game, and I'm not going to sit here and say the 49ers were winning that game. The, the more I got into that game alley going into the week on BYP, I started to think, The line of scrimmage, that battle in the trenches was going to be the difference. But two points of interest, and I want to get your thoughts on this. The expedited replay rule in the NFL, it failed miserably on Smith, right? You know this as a football fan. When you're watching the receiver get up and go like this, go like this, he's running to the line of scrimmage, rushing to get the playoffs. So San Francisco has no shot at throwing a challenge flag. I blame Shanahan for that one. And then there's been the talk all week long about why did you not have a emergency, emergency quarterback? I mean, again, let's be honest. Did we think Purdy was going to get knocked out of the game? But I just thought from a coaching standpoint, preparation standpoint, San Francisco kind of dropped the ball there.
1: I agree. And, you know, in Kyle Shanahan's defense about the quarterback situation only, Brock Purdy technically was the emergency, emergency quarterback. I know, right? Third so I, I don't fault them for that. I did bring up on the Nothing But Locked podcast, I said when Baker Mayfield became, uh, when he was waived by the Panthers, I said, I think the Niners are doing a disservice not to pick him up. I thought that he would have been a a fine backup to Purdy. He has playoff experience. Josh Johnson just looked like he didn't even belong in the league in that game. But to go back to the Smith catch, Rich, when he caught that ball, I was sitting in the bar watching it, and I immediately said, challenge that. Because, again, like you said, he was saying, let's go, let's go, get the playoff. When Kyle Shanahan did not throw the challenge back, flag i literally was like they're losing this game that's going to be the play that turns it around you had a fourth and three you would have got the ball close to midfield on your first drive of the game in the eagles stadium how do you not even even if you had question if it was a catch or not you still throw the flag yeah. i think he dropped the ball on that and that was the biggest takeaway i took from that game
0: right because if they stop the eagles and the eagles punt and it's zero zero your play calling to some extent is a little different now we just saw the Eagles defensive, their, their front, their off, uh, their defensive line, really just attack. They got your pick your poison with the weapons and the offense, and we'll get into that in a couple moments. And then flip side, the AFC Championship, Kansas City and Cincinnati. And I know so many people watching that game, right? I've been talking about it all week. I did shorts on it. I've been going back and forth with people on Twitter, on YouTube Live. The NFL's fixed. The NFL's rigged. The NFL's this. It's not. No, it, it's not fixed, it's not scripted, it's not rigged. It just the officiating stinks, it's beyond inconsistent. But a couple points on that game, Cincinnati got the ball back twice, right? With six minutes to go, two series, and they couldn't get it done. And yeah. then on the roughing the passer play with um Osai, that is a bang bang play. But mm-hmm. you know, this as much as I do, and I'm sure you guys talked about it. That did not cost them the game. You still have to throw the flag, but you're not going to punt the ball down the middle of the field. That's a no-no. So special teams issues, lack of uh, awareness on the field, and then the fact that Cincinnati got the ball back twice, mind you, late in that game, and they couldn't go ahead with the score.
1: Yeah, totally agree with you. Joe Burrow did not show up that game. He just, it was one of the reasons I had picked the Bills the week prior. I thought that his immobility was going to cost him. And it did. If you look at the first quarter, I think he was sacked back-to-back times, multiple times. He just wasn't mobile. He didn't get out of the pocket. He just stayed back. And it's one of the big things that people have criticized Brady for. One of the few things over the years that he's his immobility. I think Joe Burrow, that's his biggest weakness is being immobile.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, they they've got some weapons and it's funny because watching the game, I'm like, well, if they win this game, they're going to have to really start to pay people. And then I think from a fan standpoint, from a Giants fan standpoint, I love Higgins. I think he'd be a great weapon on offense. Um, And, you know, Kansas City, they've got banged up players. We'll get to them in a moment. Mahomes, uh, his mobility was certainly limited. You know, this game, when you look at the Super Bowl and how it opens up, right, Kansas City. Uh, you're sitting there. The Eagles are minus, uh, I'm sorry, Kansas City was what? uh, One, one and a half or minus one, one and a half. The line flipped to two and a half. I mean, we saw the line movement. Uh, We see where it sits now. I think both teams are getting a ton of action uh, with the betters. The over under the total not really has moved a lot. 49 and a half. I've seen it go up to 51 if people wanted to grab the under at that point. But this tells me 50-50 on this game that it is almost a it's a pick 'em, it's a coin flip, and it's just where you're going to hang your hat. You're going to hang it on Mahomes and that offense. You're going to hang it on the Eagles and Hurts and that defense. So when you look at the opening line movement and and where the odds are to where we are now, does this tell you that you know this is a game that's probably going to be won or lost in the fourth quarter and it's going to be competitive and close?
1: So interesting point that my colleague Robert brought up on our podcast yesterday. If you switch the quarterback situation, if Jalen Hurts was quarterbacking the Chiefs and if Pat Mahomes was quarterbacking the Eagles, the line, Rich, would have been Eagles minus 10. How crazy is that? You think it
0: would have been that high?
1: It would have been, maybe not that high, but it would have been close. He's a bookmaker. He says it would have definitely been a score or more. Think about Patrick Mahomes with all of that protection that Jalen Hurts gets with the Eagles. Think of Patrick Mahomes with having that defense with the Eagles and getting to Jalen Hurts, who the Kansas City Chiefs doesn't have the best line. I think that the separation between Pat Mahomes and Jalen Hurts is so far gone. You look at, these are going to be the two MVP finalists. I think in this game, Pat Mahomes is going to prove why he is the best quarterback in the league. I think Jalen Hurts is still not 100% as well. Rich, if you look at the game, uh, the 49ers game, if someone told you Jalen Hurts was going to only throw for 120 yards and 35 of those yards were on a catch that really wasn't a catch, wouldn't you have thought San Francisco blew them out of the water? I know he wasn't asked to do a lot, but I think that this is the game Andy Reid schemes better than anyone when he has a bye. I think he's going to know how to contain Hurts. He's going to make him throw, make him stay in the pocket, not allow him to run. And when you take away Jalen Hurts' legs, that's when that offense is most vulnerable.
0: So you mentioned you and your co-host uh, the other day, Robert, you guys were talking about the, the 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 movement if you flip-flop them. A couple people asked me that on Twitter as well. And I thought, and again, objectively, five, maybe six, I mean, 10 is a major, major, major jump. And I guess it speaks to where people look at value when it comes to Patrick Mahomes, which people will listen to this and say, well, here you go. We're sliding Jalen Hurts again. Last weekend was the type of game, though, it was so out of hand that he really didn't have to do much. The giant game, he really didn't have to do much. Um, I still think he's compromised to some extent, no doubt. I'm more concerned with Mahomes and his mobility in this game because this game to me almost reeks of what transpired a couple of years ago, Tampa Bay against Kansas city, right. you know, now granted Andy Reed had the issues with his son. There was a lot of distractions. If you want to deem them distractions at the moment um, that Kansas city offensive line was leaking a ton of oil going into that game and T- uh, Tampa Bay, not to be confused with the 2000 Ravens, but Tampa Bay was able to get to Mahomes. I get the sense that, Uh, the Eagles are going to have some big time game wreckers on that defensive side of the football. And I just, I am not comfortable right now leaning one way or the other, I I guess is my point.
1: Yeah, that's fair. The bias in me, obviously, I don't want the Eagles to win, but the better in me is still I'm still siding with the Chiefs. And I actually talking to Robert, he said the most, the the majority of the handle is actually coming in on the Eagles. People are betting the Eagles. They just saw the Eagles blow out two back-to-back teams in yep. the playoffs. So there's that factor. And people still do think Patrick Mahomes is is injured. But hey, Rich, he's gonna have two more weeks to to get healthier. I think he's gonna be a little bit more mobile. And at the end of the game, that doesn't matter. He still knows how to make the play. Andy Reid's going to design a scheme where he's going to take advantage of making short passes, getting Kelsey involved very early. I still think I'm signing with the Chiefs 100% on this one.
0: Yeah, interesting, right? Because we always talk about that recency bias, and you would think if the Giant game was a little more competitive, right. the 49er game was a little more competitive. Um, Kansas City, you know, I'm starting to look at some of these early props right away. I want to get your thoughts on a couple of them. Um, I'm looking at the fact that right now I saw Travis Kelsey over 76 and a half receiving yards. Now Juju and Tony are going to be questionable. He's hit that number 11 out of 19 games, which is right around a 59 60 clip. We know the Eagles tend to give up a couple big plays here and there. Uh, Devonte Smith over 61 and a half receiving yards. I think 10 of uh, his last 18 have hit in that regard. And then the one that again, my buddies were asking me, Patrick Mahomes most passing yards. Yeah, fine. But, there's too much juice. It's like yeah. minus two twenty. To me, I'm not. I'm not really buying into that notion. Um, have you looked at any early player props that have caught your attention on a, a nothing but locks podcast?
1: Not yet. I usually wait till the week of. I want to see how they practice. You know, I wait for that, see any reports coming out of the camp. I will say I haven't looked at the prop yet, but a, a Chiefs player I want to keep my eye on is Sky Moore. He really showed up once Tony went down, once Smith Houston went down. I think that they're going to involve that rookie a lot in this game. So Sky Moore is a guy I'm going to look at for taking the over with his receiving yards. But if we want to go past the player props... I love the under on this game. I have always been an advocate of betting the under in the Super Bowl. Everyone wants to see a high-scoring Super Bowl. So when the public comes out, they pound the over. But think about it, Rich. You have two weeks off. Players show up a little rusty. There's a little jitters. You're playing on the biggest stage that you'll ever play on. I'm taking the under in this one. If you remember a few years ago when it was the Kansas City-Tampa game, the over was pounded. Yes. and it, it, it was an under the whole yep. game. So yep. I love the under here.
0: Uh, Your one player prop that you mentioned, I think 950 plus 950 uh, anytime touchdown. That's not, that's very good value. And to your point with the unders, I hearken back to the uh, Rams and the New England Super Bowl. That was an ugly, ugly, ugly game where you kind of sat back. And you kind of you know watched it unfold. All right, let's go around the league a, a yep. couple minutes while we got you. So uh, we'll get to Brady in a moment. Carr obviously is not going to be the Raiders' quarterback. We know that. And then you got Aaron Rodgers kind of uh, wallowing in the win here. To go back to Green Bay, minus one fifteen. The Jets look like the front runner right now, plus one fifteen. The Raiders at plus seven fifty, and then the Colts at plus one thousand. Uh, where is Aaron Rodgers going to be under center when the season starts in September?
1: So I actually think he's going to end up staying in Green Bay. I, I really do. My, my My favorite destination for Aaron Rodgers would have actually been San Francisco, but he made it clear that he does not want to go to San Francisco, and it, which is a, a shame because it's the perfect situation for him. There is not one other team besides San Francisco in, this, in the NFC that is Super Bowl ready. He would be on a Super Bowl ready team with a top defense in the league, you have a bright young guy named Christian McCaffrey who's probably the best all-around player in the game. You go to the you go to the Niners cuz Purdy's probably going to miss the start of the season and that's your best option for Aaron Rodgers if you want to win another Super Bowl. I don't see him pulling a Brett Favre and going to the Jets. Indianapolis is a mess. And why would you want to go to the AFC and compete with the likes of Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, and Patrick Mahomes when you are in the NFC, where the tier of quarterbacks is just so much significantly lower. So at this point, I, I think he ends up staying with Green Bay.
0: Yeah, I tend to agree. I don't, I don't, again, subscribing to the whole now you hire Hackett. I mean, we saw the same thing in Denver and it, it blew up in their face and they had to spend two 250 and basically give up everything uh, for Russell Wilson and then you mentioned the Jets. I mean, we saw this before with Brett Favre years ago. They were three and three. He had the five touchdown performance against Arizona. They went to eight and three, and then all of a sudden he hurt his arm, turned into noodle arm, and I believe they finished uh, nine and seven uh, that season. And then you know the other news, and we'll we'll get to Brady in a second, was the whole Sean Payton, where you're again, I look at Sean Payton and he just it's Gruden to me. I mean, you had the one, he had the one Super Bowl. Perhaps you just couldn't utilize all that talent with Drew Brees. And maybe you were only in those spots because of Drew Brees. But I don't understand the allure. And I certainly don't understand where now the cover is bare. If you're Denver, the cover is bare. So what you want to try to build around Russell Wilson or fix him or reclamation project, because that's a $250 million mistake right now. Uh, So when you heard that Peyton goes to Denver, I mean, what's your what's your first thoughts on that?
1: Denver just keeps mortgaging their future with, with this move. I agree with you, Rich. I, that is the perfect comparison. John Gruden to Sean Payton. I never was a huge fan of Sean Payton. I know he was our defensive coordinator years, years, years back, but for, for for me, or offensive coordinator, I should say, but for me, Sean Payton is always going to be tied to Drew Brees. It's kind of like tying Belichick to Brady. I don't see the success that that Peyton's going to have with Russell Wilson. Wilson's a different quarterback than Drew Brees. I know they have the height comparison and everything, but I just don't see it, Rich. I think that Denver, they're going to be on another losing season. They don't really have the best offensive tools. Their run game, I know they're going to get Javante Williams back once the year starts. But I I just don't see it here. It, it's it, they have the best defense and they just keep wasting it away. I thought they should have get a, gotten a defensive minded coordinator. They failed with Hackett, but what are you going to do? They went for the name.
0: Yeah, I want to I want to go back. I want to clarify something too. Uh, when I was talking about, and I want to know if you guys touched on this in MBL on the podcast with the opening line. Kansas City opened at minus two and a half. Currently, right. Eagles are sitting at one one and a half. Um, was is that? Was was that opening line in your guys' estimation? Was that um, because of Kansas City's pedigree and yes. their track record, so to speak, and you know the experience and being there before?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I believe they've been to what three now three of the last four Super Bowls. Yeah. So you always got to factor that in.
0: Yeah, um, Brady finally announces his retirement again, and you know it comes to like. Does <laughs> it doesn't really matter when he recorded yeah. the message? I mean, I can again don't care now. Um, you and I, we as fans, we, we've we been able to get the best of him in the biggest moments, right? Because the Giants are 2-0 in the Super Bowl. Games. Yeah, exactly. But to me, if you want to sit back with your friends at a bar and talk about the Mount Rushmores and the Golts and the greatest of all time, and if it's Marino or Elway or Montana or Peyton or Brady, that's all well and good. I, I think for the body of work, the resume, the longevity, the consistency, personally, as a football fan, I'm going to miss Tom Brady. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm just being honest. I'm, I'm going to miss Tom Brady because I love the passion he played with. I love the fire that he played with. And albeit, you know, did the, the fleet gate or the spy gate, some of that stuff aside, I, I don't, that really doesn't bother me. Um, I just think it's an end of an era, right? Where We're seeing all these great quarterbacks and players kind of retire. So do you believe that his decision was solely on the fact that he had a lot of the off the field issues going on. It's well documented with the divorce and whatnot. But also, Tampa Bay really wasn't a good team. Like, no. if Tampa finished 14 and three and they lost on a last second field goal against Dallas, I believe he's coming back.
1: Yeah. I agree with you. But if you look at any of the other destinations, where is he going to go where he's going to win a Super Bowl next year? It's definitely not going to be with Tampa. You can't say Oakland in the reunion with Josh McDaniels because they're not beating the Chargers. They're not beating the Kansas City Chiefs in that division. So I think he got with his advisors, his close friends, and they said, Tom, it's time to hang it up. You're not going to win another Super Bowl. It's going to be another grueling year. It's time to just hang the cleats up for good this time. You're not coming back. Maybe Gronk talked to to him a little bit as well, but it is sad. It is sad because he's just so, he's been so iconic for two decades now. And you think about, like you said, Eli Manning retiring, Ben Roethlisberger retiring, Phillip Rivers. Like those are the quarterbacks I grew up watching and loving, and now they're not there anymore. But at the same time, it's exciting to see Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, Jalen Hurts now, all these new guys rising and to see who really starts to separate themselves and have that longevity that Brady had.
0: I I thought it really would have been interesting if he continued to play. I mean, we saw what was going on with Miami with Tua. That was a potential landing spot, right? But San Francisco, he grew up a Niners fan. He idolized Joe Montana and think about the quarterback carousel in San Francisco. They're not going to move on with Jimmy Garoppolo, who knows what the future holds with Trey Lance. Can you really go into the season trusting Purdy, who's also coming off surgery and an injury? So there was that kind of dynamic, which I it, it, it's funny because now all of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers, he gets the spotlight back on him, right? And to your point, he absolutely loves it. I think he's going to stretch this out as long yep. as possible and then turn around and he's going to wind up going back. Uh, with green bay. So um all right so we got the Super Bowl next week. We'll really start to I'll give you a week to kind of digest that and 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 get in and do a little research. What do you guys got going on with the NBL podcast?
1: Yeah, so yesterday we again we touched on the opening line. We both are are siding with the Chiefs. We both like the under in this one. And we also talked like you and I just did, we talked the quarterback carousel, mostly about Aaron Rodgers. We discussed where some possible landing spots was for Derek Carr. With some other quarterbacks that are out there, what some like Lamar Jackson, what are the Ravens going to do with him? So we did the whole quarterback carousel yesterday. Where where
0: do you think Carl lands
1: car? So it's interesting. I he's the one I struggle with the most. I think it would behoove him best to go and be a backup somewhere. You kind of look at you kind of look at. a a situation where he backs up a young quarterback maybe Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh and if there's struggle he gets a chance to step in and really resurrect the team I think that if he goes to a team like the Houston Texans just for money you're basically just playing for a contract right there if you want to win be a good backup somewhere I think Pittsburgh's a fine spot for him maybe even New Orleans I he would probably compete with Jameis Winston for the starting job but I would stay away from Houston I would say from away from any team that's rebuilding
0: I still think he can play. I think he can be a starter in the league. I, I'll give you one dark horse team, mm-hmm. Washington. It's
1: very true. Very true. I, they, I think they're waiting to see what happens with Lamar Jackson. I really do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. And, you know, waiting to see also if Snyder's got to sell that team or not. Um, Ali Manuki does a great job. Check him out on social media, all platforms for podcast at NBL podcast, nothing but locks. She's down enjoying the nice, warm weather. Uh, You have to make a pit stop. I don't know where exactly you're staying, but if you're close to Collins Avenue, you'll have to go check out. You ever eat at the Big Pink?
1: I did not. This is my first time actually in Miami. So. Are you serious? Yeah. (laughs) All
0: right. So you're in Brickell right now. You jump in an Uber. You go right up. You go to Collins Avenue. You walk the stretch. You walk the street. You can check out all the shops, all the restaurants. But right off Collins (laughs) Avenue, there's a couple of hotels in the Big Pink. It's it's a it's a famous place. A lot of sports athletes have gone nice. there. You can get a big fried chicken on a waffle. You can get a donut burger. You can just <laughs> gorge yourself, and then all of a sudden, when you're done, you can just take a an afternoon nap. So you'll be good all right. <laughs> all
1: right, we'll check it out then.
0: <laughs> all right, Allie. Always appreciate you jumping on a, a Friday edition of BYP. We'll talk next week, and we'll uh, really go heavy with the Super Bowl.
1: Yep. Thanks, Rich.